Hello everyone and welcome back to the Toronto Real Estate Podcast. Uh, today is the 16th of March, um, so we're, we're well underway with our series. I can't believe it's Tuesday. Can you? I know, time is flying, even no. in the pandemic. So, so let's introduce ourselves for those people that may have uh, only heard this for the first time. Uh, my name's Ed Layton, and this is my wife. Cheryl Layton. And we both work together. We form a real estate team under the uh, the brand of Ed and Cheryl on Homes, or Cheryl and Ed on Homes, whatever your preference is. And we are both licensed realtors, and we work with Keller Williams Portfolio Realty. So um, over the last few weeks, Shez, what have, what have we kind of covered? We have talked uh, about interest rates. We have, yes. We went into great detail last week um, about freehold ownership. Yeah. For, you know, what you can get for under a million dollars. Yes. And where those areas are. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel that we spent a lot of time talking about and and, and, and sympathising, I think, with our, our investor friends and our first-time buyer friends and clients that are trying to find some freehold property under a million dollars. And, um, you know, we, we, we've, I think we did a pretty good job of it. Yes, and I think, you know, we, we also talked about how difficult... Um, you know, well, not difficult, just a little bit more challenging it is to get listings to market uh, in COVID, in yeah, COVID-19. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But what we didn't talk about, that we should have talked about, and what we are going to talk about today is uh, that big world that's called condos. So, um, you know, the, uh, when we looked at uh, February's uh, TREB figures last week, what we saw was that basically, I mean, we're looking across the GTA, not the central core. And I know we've got some stats later on the central core. But from a high level, condos in the GTA constituted 35.5% of all sales uh, in February. That's uh, 3,900 sales just for condos and condo townhouses. Um, to put that into perspective, if you compared that amount of sales with the February from 2020, that would have been half of all transactions, which is kind of staggering, really. Um, so this week, obviously... Um, we're going to do not an intro, but I think um, a, 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 people know what condos are, I'd hope. Um, but um, we're going to do a bit of an intro into uh, the world of condos, i.e. what sort of condos are out there, buildings and who they appeal to. Um, so um, t in terms of so the, the difference between freehold, I think we should say, and condos is that obviously with condos, you have maintenance fees. So from an ownership perspective, you own a unit, whether that unit's a one story unit in a uh, in a condo building or a or, or condo townhouse where you have your your ownership of that unit. But you're also tied into common elements. So the maintenance fees obviously are part of that conversation. So we'll be covering that a bit. But Shez, do you have any insights? about you know who's buying condos how much they cost um what the profile of um condominiums are in toronto well looking at the uh, february figures uh in a little bit more detail for the condo market um in you know the city of toronto there were just over 2100 condo sales and uh now 500 thousand dollar price range to seven hundred thousand dollar price range right. is fifty percent 
Oh my god, of That's that number. Yeah, yeah, it's which very is concentrated. pretty big. Yeah. So you know now. Those condos, if you're looking at, you know, average a thousand per square foot mm-hmm. in Toronto, those units are five hundred square feet to seven hundred square feet. Okay. So that's a lot of activity yeah. in that price range. Right. Uh and and that's what you're getting. Right. Now if you look at uh the actual average price uh compared to last year, which is uh six hundred and seventy six thousand, ever so slightly down. Right. Uh, and I think that's more to do with the, you know, um, the the latter part of last year where the condo market was definitely was softening up because mm. there were so many condos on the market. Now, if you look at condo townhouses, mm-hmm. which I think is going to mirror a whole episode at some point. I'm pretty confident we won't be covering it no. today. Yeah. <laughs> now, I think they're going to be a very strong proposition because those people that don't want to live in a condo building in a pandemic that cannot afford a house in Toronto because let's face it, the average price of a detached house is 1.3 million. Uh, you know, so that's why I think um, condo townhouses yeah, are going to be yeah. strong going forward. But I mean, condos generally is a profile, right? So like you said, the majority of the purchases, I think when I looked at it, it was like over 80% were people spending between five hundred and like $800,000. And then you've got these sort of micro pockets, if you will, that are over a million or indeed over yes. one and a half million, but, but, but constitute... Um, a, a, a fair amount of of money and investment in in GTA real estate. So I think they the condos are really are a broad concept. Well, I think there was something like I don't know fifty odd uh, condo sale, you know, condo sales over one point five million. And there's, I mean, it's not a large number because um, there's not that many of them. And we'll talk a bit about that later. But I think what the the spread of um, uh, prices uh, says to us is that you know not all condos are equal whilst you've got the majority that are sitting between five uh, hundred thousand and eight hundred thousand there's these there's these very interesting subsets that deal with a completely different type of person and lifestyle so I think um you know, certainly as realtors and what you're amazing at is understand those buildings, know the nuances of them um, in terms of the way they're managed, their maintenance fees, their costs, the the profile in terms of who's in those buildings and how they match with the needs of, uh, in this case, the, 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 the buyers or the prospective owners of those um of 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 uh, of those condos um to our mind i think we've we've always thought about it from condos at least from sort of three perspectives i think the first is um you know the the, the condos for first time buyers you've then got condos just normal condos i guess for downsizers and then what i think we've always called big downsizers that are our, uh, a, a very specific type of clients and they are actually way more challenging to deal with are they yes well i mean there's a lot more moving not parts. the actual client but the the, the, the transition is oh, yes. quite challenging yeah 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 obviously we we'll, i think we'll we'll go into a bit of depth on that so i mean let 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 me cover off con cuz you're you're expert in downsizing cuz you a bunch of them but i mean condos for first-time buyers i mean i don't know if i'm stating the obvious here but you know normally um they're looking first-time buyers are looking at condos under 800 square feet i think around that um these days i think in terms of the price range their their uh, 800 square feet is 
is on the larger side. But oh, yes, yeah. I think a lot of them are yeah. definitely. Yeah, if they're like 600 up to 600 to, to 750, 750 yeah. Spot. yeah. No parking. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, that's that's a nuance because a lot of first time buyers are sort of just urbanites and they're mm-hmm. trying to find efficiencies, millennials. Yes. Um, that, that don't see the reason for having a car or at least not a car that they own. Um, I think those condos are typically around sort of six fifty, aren't they, to seven hundred thousand dollars right now, maintenance fees. So in newer buildings, three fifty to four hundred, something like that, four fifty. Yes. Um I think from that perspective, uh, aggregation of uh, that first time buyers who are sort of under 40, let's say 30, 35 ish. Um, they, they tend to be going to like Liberty Village. Fort York seems to be very popular, but there's a fair amount of saturation. And also around the distillery district. Distillery, like the yeah. Side, like the waterfront. The waterfront, yeah. Queen's Quay, those yeah. sort of pockets. Yeah. But there is a variety of other condo options, I think, in downtown that that you know that, that that's available but to me they feel a bit more less obviously defined that it wouldn't be necessarily first time buy a condo stock but maybe um the types of buildings and areas that that appeal to that other group of condo buyers the downsizers that that are in other parts of toronto well yes i mean there's definitely downsizers that um you know they're they have a, a property that maybe is a twelve hundred to fifteen hundred square feet, right? And you know, in areas, for instance, Cabbage Town, the Annex, yeah, um, even Leslieville. So, what they're trying to do is they're trying to just, you know, what we just want to be in a condo. We don't want to spend any more money. Yeah. Uh, you know, doing our house yeah. up and, and, and sometimes they don't even want the stairs anymore. So they want to get into a property that uh, is about a thousand square feet. Right. And that's a little bit easier because they don't have great big pieces of furniture and, uh, you know, they're, they're looking for sort of more lifestyle and uh, they still want to be in the areas that they live in, but right. they just don't want to be in a house anymore. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And you know, we we've done that in the last six months. We've had clients that done it, that that have done exactly that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we we just put a client into the B Street building, which is at Bloor and Bathurst, a great building. And some of these buildings that they're going into are a little bit more boutiquey. Yes. Yeah, that yeah, because right. they want the lifestyle and they want it, it to feel a bit more homely than some of them. Maybe the first time, you know, courts first time buyer condos feel. Right, right. So the maintenance fees may be a little bit higher because it's a boutique building. Uh, You know, some other examples are St. Lawrence Market. I've spent a lot of time in that area. I love that area. A lot of downsizers love St. Lawrence Market area. Are there buildings around there? Market Wharf, which is seven uh, seven years old. There's been a lot of activity. and they have some great amenities in Market Wharf. And then you've got the, the market right there, mm. the waterfront right there. Yeah, great lifestyle. Great restaurants. Yeah, a lot of red brick as well, yes. which is nice. Historical. Yes. historical architecture. Yeah. yeah. I think um, one of the things I've always experienced when, you know, I have a, a client, a new client looking for a condo, you know, the big question is, um, do you want an 
new building or an older building, right? right? I will always tell them that the newer the building, the more expensive it's going to be and the less space you're going to actually get. Yeah, yeah. The other thing to watch out for is sometimes with brand new buildings, Uh. right? So when the actual building is registered, you might get an awful lot of buildings. So it's almost like a non, it's like a commercial settling period where you actually see what the majority of people who actually live in those buildings buildings are going to be after the investors have put into the resale market those condos again right so when you know so when i'm working with (coughs) first-time buyers that are buying a condo i'm very aware yes they are they are looking for a home but i want to make sure that that home is going to be a really really strong investment for them so um you know there's lots of buildings that i know in toronto that have a very heavy um on the tenant side yeah and not as heavy on the owner the units being owner occupied yeah and what's the implication of that well the implication is is that there's a lot more wear and tear if the building is has way more tenants because there's a lot more transition but why and why is it not being taken care of it's still got a property management company that's looking after it they're just not you can you can tell the 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 walls are scratched up the doors are scratched up i was in a building the other day the the elevators were were scratched up because they're just constantly people moving moving in in, moving out moving in moving out um and then you'll go to um another building and i'll show that and it's just beautifully maintained and you can tell okay this building is definitely i think it's i think it's a combination of the way that the the um the if if it's tenanted investors typically are looking at just keeping their profit ticking over so any costs that are incurred in maintaining the building to a higher level don't get past board approval so there's a bit of that as well i think as well as the fact that tenants don't naturally care about a building as much as people that are owning it well and also so when you look at buildings that have uh uh, you know a lot more owner occupied units in them that the the price increase versus a building over five years that has a lot more tenants yeah that one is going to increase more right so yes that's what i care about when i'm putting first right. time so there's a long term so when the actual building is registered you might get an awful lot of buildings yeah. say to them like when they say oh i want to see this listing and that listing well i'll say to them i'm going to tell you honestly if I think a building is good or not, yeah, just so you're so you're aware, um, but yeah, so there's definitely some you know some of those things that you need to think about as a first time buyer. That makes sense. I mean, there's a lot more to this than meets the eye, clearly. So you know the the the, the profile of the building's interested, and the the tenants uh, levels are interesting in terms of the long term appreciation. Uh, there's also considerations in terms of how much money is. Um, provided to uh, condo corporations and property management companies that have to get approved by owners to maintain buildings. So all of these things are super important when when looking at condos. So there's also another um, micro group. I find it fascinating because I guess I was we were younger when we lived in London. Um, and we maybe weren't exposed to this happening there, but I just don't believe it was a thing. I, I certainly, with older parents, I don't know many of their 
my parents themselves I don't think are doing this and I don't think many of their cohort are doing this but in Toronto it seems like a big thing is what we call the big downsizers which from a profile perspective is is interesting they're a very small group of the GTA's population but typically they have maybe multiple maybe one or maybe one large property and they are always obviously of an older demographic Um, as they're getting older um, they uh, obviously stairs and such like aren't, aren't as attractive as the old knees go and a bit of arthritis and back pain and whatnot and maybe a few ailments here or there means that they don't want to get up and down and around their big property so they tend to be looking at uh, selling on those properties um, and getting onto one floor so these uh, so condo living is very attractive because it obviously it means uh, not only is it day to day a lot easier to move around but they also absolve themselves from the upkeep responsibility of maintaining their big property slash property so they sell them on and they're looking for uh, condos themselves um so so when you i know you've worked with these types of people um and continue to when i say these types of people i'm sorry if you're over 65 listening to this and i'm referring to you as these types of people but you'll forgive my clumsiness um what what tell me a little bit about your experiences well, I, I love working with, um, you know, as you put it, big downsizers. Yeah, they've um, got big property. But I will say it can be challenging. Right. So there have been times when, you know, I have started looking uh, with some of these clients and then a couple will just fall away because they're just like, oh my, you know, it's just too, too much of a challenge. Right. Because, um, you know, they are moving from a larger home, you know, Forest Hill, Rosedale, Cabbage Town, Lawrence Park. And, you know, they have large pieces of furniture. They have the big dining table that they host the family. Yeah. Thanksgiving and the grandchildren. I mean, not at the moment, but they do. They have large pieces of bedroom furniture. Yeah. And um, often they don't want to part with these pieces of furniture and also artwork. Well, I mean, it's expensive. I think a lot of the time there's a a, a multi-generational element to what they have. There's a ton of memories. So it's not, these aren't just, these aren't just physical assets. I mean, they're they're very much part and parcel of their lives. So they have to have to go with them. Right. And so, uh, you know, straight off the bat, they are looking for, for units that are likely 1,400 um, square feet and up. Now, you know, many of these buildings, actually, the older buildings, tend to be in the Young and St. Clair area, right. um, around Bloor, Sherburn area. And, um, you know, some of them are like 40, 50 years old. But they are incredibly well maintained. Right. Now, the maintenance fees might be (laughs) nearly $2,000. Right. um, But they're okay with paying that because if they're selling their, you know, $4 million house um, in Rosedale or Lawrence Park and they're buying, you know, a $2 million condo uh, in Young and St. Clair or Deer Park and the maintenance fees are 1000 to 2000 
Yeah, I mean, I think month. I think it's an incredibly smart thing to do. And whilst for the average person, um, looking at two thousand dollars a month net uh, coming out of your account and um, you know for, for just maintenance um, is is a little shocking. But you have to remember, there's two components to this. Actually, I think there's three components to why this is smart and acceptable. Is a anybody who's owned a house knows that uh, some of the things that are covered in in these big uh, condos um, cost that kind of money to maintain in a house. Right. In any case, you change the roof on a big property, it's going to cost you up to $50,000 every 20 years. Then you've got the garden, then you've got the you know, snow, snow removal. removal, right? So you've got the actual hard costs of doing it. So those that $2,000 isn't pure. You could knock out probably 70% of that cost off the bat. Then you've got the convenience factor. So a lot of this is takes time and a mental acuity and having you know people that they can rely on to do it so there's time that gets taken away so there's value there and but I think also some of it is the amenities of these buildings right right um you know some some you know some of the clients I've dealt with are incredibly fit they want a swimming pool they they want to go but they don't want the upkeep of the they, swimming they don't pool. want they don't want the swimming yeah they don't <coughs> want the upkeep yes. um they want a lovely balcony because sounds good they to me have, all this. they have the um the luxury of getting up in the morning and reading the paper and sitting on their terrace you know sometimes i have people that only want a south facing terrace yeah of course they want the sun um, in the morning you know they want the sun and mm. many of these clients are snowbirds right Right. So, um, you know, going forward like or going backwards a, a year and a half ago or two years yeah. ago where, you know, people were able to move around. Right. Um, they wanted to be in a condo where they could just leave it for six months of the year and not worrying about it, unlike their 4,000 yeah. square foot house yeah. in Lawrence Park. Yeah. No, 100%. Um, there's huge amounts of lifestyle reasons why these places make sense and, mm -hmm. and, and, and value and, and, and justify the price tag. The other thing that I always think when I'm looking at those uh, maintenance costs is because you aggregate, I know, 40, 50 tenants, um, you have buying power and you can control cost inflation. Um, and it's 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 you know it's a price it's a cost that you have to think about with freehold, but it's also one that where you not have don't have to worry about interest rates and you know you've got that kind of consolidate you've got a management company that's brokering on your behalf, so you know that you're getting value for money as well. So I think they're really really solid. I mean the kind of pro the, the the buildings that we're talking about. I mean it got if one on Jacks comes up. Um, oh, let me know. I, I'd be interesting myself. I think I, the way I feel these days, maybe the time's right for me to move into be a big downsizer. So, I'm not yeah, sure our daughter that, would agree, but that building is, uh, <laughs> yeah, there's very there's very little that ever comes up in that building. But you know, some of them are definitely dotted around the Young and St Clair area. Um, you know, for instance, there's a a three million dollar uh, condo that just got listed at Scrivener Square. And um, fifteen hundred square feet. So, but it's a it's a beautiful unit. And right. what's the maintenance on it? I think it's something uh, like seventeen hundred. Yes, yeah. that's right. But these are all great buildings. Some of my favourites are Rosedale Glen on Bloor Street, Granite Place, um, which is on St Clair really well um kept you can always tell when you walk in the concierge is just delightful right. and you know there's cleaners yeah. all over the there. place yeah. you can tell that it's really really well kept because yeah. some of the older buildings are you 
are not very well kept. Right. I won't name names. Yeah. But it's it's shocking. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Listen, shares. Um, I think. I mean, we're definitely not going to talk about condo townhomes, which is a a big fave of ours because we think that's a real untapped uh, opportunity for many people. Um, but because it's a, a segment that's not often talked about or isn't that big, it's often overlooked. So I think that will justify itself as a subject matter for next week. But um, we've run already 25 minutes. My God, we're Oops. going long on this stuff. Um, and I feel that we haven't even scratched the surface. Maybe there's more we can talk about next week. But I think we should put a, a cap on it. Okay. I could talk talk about downsizing all day long. Yeah, I know. It's, it may, <laughs> and maybe there's more to come on this. I feel that we've only scratched the surface of this this week. But anyway, guys, um, thank you for listening. If thank you've you. uh, tuned in and listened this far, um, we uh, thoroughly appreciate your time and your support. Uh, we are on Spotify now. So go find the Toronto uh, Real Estate Podcast and... Uh, follow us there or indeed uh, subscribe to us on uh, SoundCloud we're trying to push out to other channels as we go through this but uh, you can find us relatively easy on on the app of your choice um, any questions as we've always said please reach out to us directly we you would find, love to hear from yeah, you yeah we'd love to hear from you we can um, you can find all our details at Cheryl um, on homes.com uh, other than that have a lovely week have a great week March Madness starts soon. Oh yeah, we got we try. My to... favorite time of the year. There's a cut. There's de- there's a couple of curveballs in there already. I've seen. Anyway, uh, but uh, March Madness aside, have a fantastic week. We hope you enjoy the podcast, and we'll see you this time next week. Bye. Bye.